Before the bloodbath begins, slither your way over to the host's socials. For the podcast, slash over to Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast. Instagram, the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Then stab over to Dean's Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce. Listen to the show on your favorite apps and Patreon. Enjoy the sleigh and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear at the unsuspecting guests, and which the their dark secrets and methods of the genre. In this bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is within the barracks. Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Dean. We have a very, <laughs> very, very special episode um, for everybody. We have two of the five losers. Five, right? I'm not getting... No, seven. I'm sorry. Seven. seven. I don't know why I said five, but <laughs> you guys know what I mean. So seven, um, two out of the seven losers here from the 1990 It. We have Ben... And Brandon, uh, we were planning on having Emily and Marlon. Um, I think we were trying to get Seth as well, um, but that didn't uh, fall through. But you know that's okay because you know we have the best ones here. There we <laughs> go. Main dudes. We got the two main. <laughs> there you go. And uh, you know, same as for Dean and and me. Uh, I grew up watching uh, it, whether you want to call it the movie or the miniseries. Um, a lot of people like go towards the movie. I always relate it to a miniseries because it was two nights. Mm-hmm. But people say it's a movie because, you know, on DVDs and everything now, it's all on one disc. But to me, it's always been um, a miniseries. And this is absolutely awesome. It's a dream, really, to have anybody from um, the movie, mini miniseries, um, on here on the show. And, wow, like, I'm I'm still in my mind. We've been talking for about almost an hour before this, and I'm still like, is this really happening right now? Um, so, you know, Brendan, Ben, thank you Agreed. so much for, for coming on and, you know, spending some time with us. Um, and maybe the others will pop in, and, and if they do, then things might get shifted throughout this episode, so just bear with us. Um, but yeah, this is an absolute dream come true. Um, Dean, I don't know if you want to say anything before we jump into anything, um, but oh. and, and everybody's got the floor. You, you, you said it all, man. You said everything. That I was going to say, you've taken the words right out of my mouth. You've stolen my script. No, I'm joking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we copied each other's notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you take it away, dude. All right. Um, well, you know, before we jump into anything, how are you both doing? Um, Brandon, we can start with you and then we can work over to Ben and uh, we'll, you know, kind of go through everything and see what life is like. Life is good. That's good. Life, life is good. Uh, things are good. Uh, everybody uh, over here is healthy and happy and um, hot. <laughs> yeah, but, apart from being, you know, hot. Yes. <laughs> you can pour the water or cook eggs outside where I live. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm enjoying the air conditioning and uh, life is good, man. 
That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, hearing that everybody's healthy too. That's that's the main thing right now. You know, during the, especially the last couple of years, knowing that everybody's healthy that's that's really really <laughs> important. Uh, what about you, Ben? Yeah, doing good too. Uh, can't really complain. I mean, just like you guys, uh, you know, my day job uh, was a long one today. Uh, so it's really nice to actually, you know, be here with you guys uh, outside of that. But I'm pretty, pretty sure I'm going to actually have to get back online for some more work after this. <laughs> but if I can have a break in between, I'm really happy to be doing something like this with you guys. So thanks for having us. Well, I mean, thank you for, you know, accepting the invitation that was handed to you through um, Jordan. And um, one thing I do want to bring up, the reason why all this is kind of put together um, is because the documentary came out. Pennywise. Story at of long it, last. It, uh, at long last. After five years, it dropped on Screenbox. Um, we actually had to give uh, Dean a screener because he's in the UK, so he can't get Screenbox. Um, yeah, so... we, tried, we, we, we tried to do like, um, we were trying to do the, uh, what, like a watch party. Yeah, and for some VPNs, reasons, some everything. Of, yeah. VPNs, yeah. And I was like, why can't I see this fucking documentary, man? <laughs> um, and then eventually Screenbox actually sent you a copyright. How did that work? um yeah i got out? in touch um actually you know uh gary um got gary in touch. Saw it, that's right yeah yeah um, gary saw it out yeah yeah but we need it we need it over here in the uk man we need it over here in the uk yeah i don't know i'm i'm sure you got better intel from from john and from gary but mm. i understand it's imminent i think so yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying yeah they're working on it at the minute i think they said within the next two months two or three months i think before the end of the year is up is what they said yeah, um, physicals it's will be coming good. out. And It'd be overs. huge over here, man. If, if, if you he, waited if... five years for it, a couple more months isn't going to kill you. No, no, that's <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah, the funny thing too is like I was following the whole, um, you know, leading up to uh, the documentary coming out, but I was about, I think, at the two-year mark. So it was already a couple of years that have gone by, and I found out about it late. But just even just finding out about it and seeing who was in it. And what it was going to be going into, and knowing that fucking Tim Curry was in it, and everything—it's like he doesn't really do a lot of um, promotional work, right? I mean, he's at like conventions all the time and and doing things like that. But that's only recently have started, only a couple years ago. Um, so seeing him out there, still, you know, being Tim, uh, regardless of you know all of his health conditions and whatnot, he's still out there, loves yeah. the fans. Um, and that's something I wanted to ask the both of you. What was it like, you know, being there with Tim as kids? You know, like, was that crazy? Uh, did you have a good time? Were you scared? Let us know about it. We can start with you, Brandon, if you'd like. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I was a fan of, of Tim for, like, for a long time. Um, he was on <clears throat> my favorite show at the time, which was Wise Guy. Um, and he was, you know, playing a villain. And I think, um, I mean, I had already been familiar with, uh, the Rocky Horror, you know, show, um, you know, so he, he'd already been someone that I, I looked up to. Um, so I, I was actually fairly starstruck, right? So the, the scene where he's the, the, he's like the projection of my dad standing on the lake and I'm, you know, that scene that we have together, um, 
when I was walking to set, he was walking from set. Like they'd already done all of his bits, you know. Oh, okay. Um, but I was so nervous to to meet him, and that was you know the first time we we would actually meet. <clears throat> and he was just so gracious, and um, I mean, I think he could tell that I was a bit nervous. But he um, he was like, "Hey, well, here I am. Very nice to meet you. Looking forward to working with you." And um, and that was that. We wouldn't see him for several more weeks, you know, until. Um, until we shot the confrontation at the end of part one, but oh, wow. he was he was awesome, man. It was great. Um, you know, I, I didn't have the same experience um, that Ben did, um, but it was still um, it was still a great a great one. I mean, I, I remember it fondly, and there was a lot for me to to take away as a as a fledgling actor, and uh, you know, things that might have been lost on me then, but. Um, are not lost on me now. You know? Yeah. Wow. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I mean, every every time this question comes up, you know, I I, I take a minute to think back because it's like I know there's things I'm not thinking of, you know. But overall, like it was it was a really positive experience, um, kind of meeting him, interacting with him, um, and as Brandon kind of alluded to, you know, there wasn't a, he wasn't um, on set with us. Uh, very much um, but uh, but when we were in um, the studio uh, filming versus on location um, that was when uh, the, the, the the most opportunities I think presented themselves for us to interact and um, I guess you know yeah when, when we were shooting our scenes um, just like Brandon was saying you know uh, I was really just kind of trying to watch him and observe him and learn from him and, you know, just uh, try to, you know, as a, as a very novice beginner actor, you know, try not yeah. to like get fired or something. <laughs> um, but at the same time, um, you know, something, I guess, within the instinct or whatever was just like, you know, able to shed the nervous feelings for, to, to, to be able to do that work. But I think leading up to doing those scenes with him, I, I remember being pretty nervous about it for sure. So I don't know how I got through it. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> but I mean, you know, being, being that close to, uh, to, to, to death, uh, so to speak, but no, um, he was, he was amazing to work with. And I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to have learned some things from him and uh, be, be treated very kindly by him. Oh, that's awesome. You know, that's another thing too. Um, when when you uh, hear stories like this from, um, say, a younger cast dealing with, uh, with with older actors, you know, from different generations, usually you hear the complete opposite. Like, yeah, they were like they didn't want to be approached; they just want to be left alone. Uh, you see, you kind of hear that a lot nowadays too, of like um, people working with other actors who have been in the business for a long time who just really want to be. Just leave me alone. Let me let me do my stuff and let me go back to my trailer. And hearing like stories like this from you guys, especially in the documentary too, about how he was he was welcoming, um, and he was he was funny on set, and also hearing stories from you that he was trying to, to teach you guys some some stuff on like how to do things better because you got you were kids, you know. I mean, like that, another question I'm going to ask is like where it all began, but like I know this was like your first like real big gig, um for most of you um, and knowing that there was somebody there other than, you know, um, Tommy or, or anybody else on there that was directing you, you had another veteran actor there who was like, 
let's let's do this. Like, I'm gonna make sure you're okay. So what's what's this talk? Make sure everybody's comfortable, even though you didn't see him that much. But it's awesome hearing stories like that, knowing that he was there, you know, not being a complete jerk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think the squeakiest wheels get heard first. I, I mean, I don't. I it's never been. It's rarely. I'll say rarely has it been my experience um, that someone is reclusive or disinterested um at any level i mean I, I, that's that's a phenomenon I, it's it's not really um i think representative of of most projects because at the end of the day you know it's a job it really is it's a job and um you know we're all here to work together so to accomplish that goal and in, and in a very classic sense we're an ensemble right you know we're only going to be as strong as our weakest link so i mean i don't i don't know if they were like <clears throat> that's the one thing i will say about tim you know is that he was he was available right and as an actor he was available as um as someone being directed he was available and, and interested but i think as far as like taking a vested interest in us uh Maybe that that isn't quite how it played out, but he was most certainly, um, I would say he was, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he was reciprocal, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I think that's what I think that's, that, that sounds about right. I think that's what I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for, yeah. I mean, he's um, he's like a reactor. You know, and I've, I say this too, and people are like, what was it like? He's, 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 he knows how to give the energy, right? But he'll give you more if you give him some, right? Yeah. So there is that give and take when you're performing. I mean, and I think um, to be able to do that with someone like Tim is an amazing exercise because mm-hmm. you really feel the power of, of investiture you know like when you're in it and you're giving energy not just taking it um it's like crossing streams of ghostbusters man it becomes (laughs) so powerful um you know like harry potter and voldemort you know when their beams cross that what's happening is like you know lightning in a bottle it's I think that probably characterizes Tim better than um, than you know him being like a coach. I think it's all very organic. You know the fact that he just like Ben said, you know, took taking an opportunity to learn from him. Yeah. But it's it's a passive education. That's what it is, and that's like boring yeah. with all this acting class bullshit. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I just mean it, it's a very it's a passive exercise. So you know, just being there with him doing his thing made us better actors mm, for sure without even thinking about it because if he gives you enough it's easy for you to do your job it's easy for you to be afraid mm. when he's laying it all out there and and at, and at that level and at that intensity yeah that's yeah uh, i'm sorry i'll let i'll let ben go <laughs> <laughs> no no I, I i'm glad that you um kind of reframed it that way because 
I, that's that's totally totally accurate. It it really was just trying to, you know, watch him, you know, process what's going on, absorb that, regurgitate it or mimic it in some way so that you know, um, <laughs> uh, it, it uh, um, you know comes across genuine, natural, and and, and organic. But um, but yeah, like Brandon said. Um, he makes it easier to, to do your job in that regard. That's always a good thing, especially when it comes to acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean, I'll let you throw a, a few questions. I know you got some oh, over there. It's cool, man. I'm just I'm taking it all in. I'm listening. I'm, where, was any 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 of the kids on any of you guys on set actually afraid of clowns? Did anyone have, is it clownophobia they call it or is that colorophobia? I think isn't it Col- colorophobia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, did anyone anyone have that at all? And like when see to Tim, obviously you're talking about how he was gracious and stuff, and obviously it sort of just all of a sudden switch into Pennywise yeah. mode. Did that kind of was everyone anyone like wow Jesus, you know, kind of freak freak the life out of anyone? I mean, it'll do that. Yeah, it'll do that. It'll do that to you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, right. Like for me, I'm not. I think that the only clown I'm afraid of is Ronald McDonald because I think he's the most <laughs> yeah. oh yes prolific killer. <laughs> um clown that has ever lived man and um i know some people say art the clown is uh well on his way but no one will ever catch ronald mcdonald i agree with you <laughs> on that one i really do <laughs> yeah um, i had any and, clowns but I, I do i do remember though from poltergeist actually that was probably the first time that i realized the clown could be scary was it was oh, yeah. yeah that definitely scared me when that clown came to life i didn't want to have any kind of like noodly armed clowns around <laughs> that's actually a really famous one too you always hear people go back to that one it's like this is what like sparked it this is what mm-hmm. made oh, really? me terrified of clowns mm-hmm. it was poltergeist mm-hmm. yeah. i definitely yeah. relate on that i like clowns but yeah that definitely scared the hell out of me um I, like- i'd probably take pennywise over that any day if you if you if you watch the documentary and you can see some of the stuff that Bart did in the beginning, you know some of his first concepts for the clown. Yeah. Um, they were too grotesque, right? Too you know there's too too much application, too much stuff yeah. going on. You know, with the it's just too blatant, too obvious. I'm not saying that the work was bad. I'm just saying um, it would have been right. Because it was very much in line with with what Pennywise is looks like in in the book, as I saw it. But you know, the fact that Tim wasn't interested in wearing a bunch of prosthetics, um, you know, it, it caused Bart to create this this sort of clown light look, retain the bulbous head, mm. um, if for no other reason than for the for the silver bullet gag, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think what we ended up with uh, is amazing, terrifying. <laughs> I mean, that's it's it's yep. it's it's about it's about what the, the what the man brought to the table. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's you know for for like uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You know when he realizes that his bike was stolen. What makes you think the Soviets were involved, Mister Herman? Um, <laughs> You know, they, they pan around because he locks it up. He chains the bike up to this, like, animatronic clown in the middle of the plaza. 
and you know it's just a clown right but then when um the bike is gone you know they shoot the clown from different angles and they sort of change the appearance of a clown to be totally sinister right yeah. mm-hmm. terrifying and it really like it's kind of you look at that and you're like wow that's fucking dark man um even though it's kind of a movie for kids um such a great movie it's it is. A great movie. It is. same thing in the beginning of ours though you know you've got that moment where and, and and I think this is why I went on the diatribe about the mask or the makeup is because the beginning you see him behind the the sheets blowing in the wind with that girl and he just looks like a playful happy clown right mm. he looks enticing like um or not enticing or seductive but I mean approachable how's that yeah. um but then the sheet moves and you know he he drops everything and he's suddenly, you know, dead eyes with this sort of turned mouth. To me, that is such a terrifying transformation. It has nothing to do with makeup. And I think had we gone with more prosthesis, that would have been lost. That's where I was going. That, that part of Tim and Tim was right. Like that performance would not have been there if he had to be behind, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, that's that's true, and like even like in the documentary with um him saying like let me be the one that's gonna scare the audience, and yeah, he definitely did. I had nightmares for weeks after watching. Um, I think just the first part. I didn't even get to to night two, um, when it was playing on TV because there was always reruns. Um, so I I never got to part two because I was so afraid. It took me a long time to build up the courage to go and see how terrifying it was. Um, I mean, there's a lot of now talk about how night two was weaker than the first part. And you can hear all that in a documentary, which, yeah, I mean, there is, but mainly it's just because of the whole ending, how you lose so much Pennywise with the spider. You know, that's, I think that was the biggest um, drop off, but night one, like it, it is, it's written so well. You all, act so amazing for being kids and you know also with me being a kid at a time relating with it like what would i be doing right now if if i was one of them i would probably want to go in the corner and die (laughs) you know (laughs) but just how brave everybody is and how you all show it on screen and you can really feel all the friendships that you've built um, even till this day, you guys are all still great friends and yeah. do conventions together. And yep. it's, it's a mo- This is a movie about legacy really. Cause it's just, it keeps going on and on and on. And that's really what the documentary is about too, is like, it's preserving this legacy that has been born and um, great job on everybody who, who was part of this. And once again, this is a huge dream come true to even be talking to, anybody who was in that film um and really helped shape me as a as a horror fan really <laughs> wow that's awesome man well thank you for saying that and for being a fan for yeah for all these years i mean that's what's keeping it alive yeah exactly there, 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 that is you did bring up something cool i mean it was the summer um of you know it's a great summer and for us to have done it all uh together made it even more special right and i remember maybe it was 10 years after or 15 years after uh, i was able to connect with ben he came into la 
Yeah. And right. we, yeah, we, when, uh, when I saw him, it was like no time had passed. We picked up right where we left off 15 years before. And the same totally. thing, Marlon later. And, um, you know, and Emily. Um, it's, okay. it's when, you guys, when you guys all kind of got together, when John, because I, I guess John can, I can never say his surname correctly, Campiano? Campiano, yeah. 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 But he, he almost kind of played like the Mike Handlin role, didn't he really? Just sort of getting everyone back together. <laughs> That's a way to put yeah. it, actually, Dean. I never yeah. thought of it in that yeah. angle. You're um, absolutely right. And was that the kind of was was that the first time when you'd all kind of really got back together? Was that before you started doing conventions and then you was, you, it was like a sort of reunion? Was that the first time we'd all kind of got back together when you brought that together? Like the, there's the whole group kind of thing. Well, our first convention, I think that one in Birmingham is, is the first time that um, sort of the lot of us, except right. with Emily, were able to um, uh, to get together and see each other. Yeah. Um, all in one place um but uh but i mean i i think that the documentary you know all of us knew that it was kind of inevitable that there would be a you know yeah. a reunion of sorts Mass reunion, <laughs> yeah yeah i we certainly hope so i think so ben and i shot our stuff for the doc on the same day and i think with bart too bart was there yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was the three of us that day um and the production manager uh, Mike Perez, he also um, reps people for appearances. Mm. So when we were, you know, signing the the, the contract for the, for the documentary, I remember him looking up from the table and saying, hey, do you guys have a, an appearance agent? Um, I said, no. It's like, y'all should be doing cons. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I had no idea. I, what a like what an interesting prospect that was. I didn't know yeah. I, and I I had no idea yeah. that that there were horror conventions. I had no idea that there was this entire global community of people propping up something from so long ago. Yeah. Um, you know, makers, artists, um, you know, hot sauce makers. <laughs> you know what i mean keeping it keeping it together and, and I, I just think it's 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 a cool it's a cool scene to be a part of and it's um i think it's great that we all got to go out into the water uh together you know it's great and there's we so much longer fun. together then we're stronger together now <laughs> that's amazing and conventions are so much fun as well we were talking about them before we started recording the show but yeah they are they're just so much fun it's like a week it's like a party it's like a weekend long party just hanging out and just uh on we, convention life have you kind of had since you've been doing it um have you had any bizarre fan moments anyone sort of show <laughs> up and you're just like okay <laughs> um, i'm trying to think i mean bizarre fan moments i think the, the, the horror the horror fans in general are actually a really nice bunch i think yeah, sometimes yeah, they give me some cool. weird items to sign though <laughs> yeah, uh, I think there was a body part once. Yeah, and, and not, not an obscene body part or anything, but that that we signed in London. I think at the London one. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. We've done that. We've done. Um, I, I know that there's a collection, and if you haven't gotten to it yet, Ben, you will at some point. Uh, <laughs> there's a guy who's got all the losers on his leg, right? Signed with a sharpie. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, he got Adam and I in, in Indianapolis. Um, there's um, yeah. someone uh, with a, an interesting depiction of me uh, on their back shoulder 
um, you know, the art's close. <laughs> I totally look Korean. <laughs> right. But I respect them for their commitment to the, um, you know, to the miniseries. Uh, <laughs> no, and I mean, there, there are some people who, um, who may not have the, the, the command of social cues. You know, I mean, there are a lot of people that are, um, that get very nervous mm. because like we, me. we represent a piece of their childhood and it, and it's, mm. and it's, it's so, uh, sweet and, and like heartwarming, you know, and then there are people who are just standing in line, um, you know, for the sake of standing in line, I guess it's yeah. like when you go to a theme park, you want to make sure you hit every ride. They may <laughs> not have the nicest thing to say to you or even know what you, who you are. It's, mm. it's almost like the quintessential, you know, you know, English sort of queuing up for the sake of queuing up. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but I mean, so there's been a, f- a few of those, but I mean, um, by and large for me, most of these people have just been, absolute sweethearts like mm, for sure yeah they all knock, had... on, knock on wood no I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, no I honestly i don't think that'll change either because we we kind of represent something that i think is a not completely unique but it's it's definitely important right mm. a lot of the people that um tell us their experience with the movie tell us about traumas and things that they've had going on in their lives that they've managed to overcome somehow because they saw something in us that gave them the strength to do it. And I just, as, as wildly absurd as that sounds at first, mm-hmm. um, because we were just doing a job like, um, and had no idea that this would live as long as it has. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's so empowering and it's so, uh, it really makes you feel good. It's uh, it's gratifying to know that um, something you've done so long ago resonates with people whose parents were barely, you know, walking when it came out. Um, and yet we're able to to help them somehow. Or, and I guess it's constantly getting discovered by like new generations as well, especially yeah. with a new movie coming out yeah. and people discovering that and then sort of going back to the original saying, oh, there's an original movie. And then that just kind of just keeps regenerating yeah breathing new life into it definitely another crazy thing too that i always like to bring up that i don't know why i always say it but i had read through the actual book like seven or eight times <laughs> that's oh. how much i i love not even just the, the the miniseries it's just i love the whole thing as it's as itself like i grew up with stephen king books and watching stephen king movies um and i think it was probably the second um, movie that I saw, and it hit me harder than anything. I think I saw Pet Cemetery first, and that 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 scarred me. It definitely scarred me, but nothing lived up to it because of how long the movie is, or miniseries, however you want to say it. Um, <laughs> and you know, uh, just how much goes on in it, and seeing what you know you guys as the the actors as the kids going through everything and and going through all those traumas and then having to deal with this 
otherworldly presence and 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 fear because that that's what it is it's it's fear and that's you know what it's always been it's always boiled down to what do you fear the most and like being a kid or even like now as as an adult there's always something to fear and i think this is why it's another movie that a lot of people always gravitate towards um whether they have seen it before or not but if they hear about it and they're like i'm gonna go watch it there's always something to relate to it regardless of your age Regardless if you are relating to you know, the kid losers or the adult losers or whoever it may be, this is a movie that is relatable regardless of time. And um, that's yeah. why I appreciate it so much. Yeah, very good points. Totally agree with you there, especially the point about being scarred by Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I, I, I also, you know, it, certain things haunt me from that movie. Um, oh yeah, Zelda yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say Zelda. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That just popped straight into my head, and I just realised I've it's two thirty yeah, in the yeah, morning. You, you <laughs> the I've got the window open behind me here, and I'm just hoping Zelda doesn't crawl through it. I'm gonna really <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. I'll wake you up, Jules, for sure. Uh, did you, you? I'll take it, you guys. When you got the roles, uh, you had to read the book, or you must have read the book. How was that? It's quite heavy. It's a big book. It's quite heavy going for young kids to have to read that and digest it and really kind of get into the. How was that? And do you guys kind of relate to? Any, did you do you feel like you actually relate right to your character? Here. Our our stories are completely opposite. Yeah, but yeah. No, man. Well, I yeah, I so I wanted to read the book i went to the library i checked it out library was like a couple blocks away from my house at the time um i did start to read it uh and then and then i was told not to read it by my agent who said that it would kind of um convolute whatever's going on with the script and and so i you know said okay you're the agent i won't pick this up again uh, but I did pick it up later, and I, and i still i still haven't gotten all the way through it but <laughs> it's a big um, old book. big book I mean, it is, but still, I, I, it's it's a poor excuse. It, just so. put on an audio book, like just put it on in the background, so that way you you like you That's are true. reading it. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm you can that. travel back to Derry in your sleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that's another thing too I don't have this written as a as a question or anything but just talking about this it must be weird if you do go back to the book like, I don't know if you have Brandon if you've gone back after but reading it and then reading it like it's you that must be a, a weird mm. thing yeah I haven't I haven't revisited it um, I mean I, so when I was a kid well I mean it's probably six months before they were casting this my neighbor uh, he lived two doors down he was a couple years older than I was. And he was kind of like the guy that was like hooking me up with the Metallica, hooking me up with, oh, hell yeah. um, you know, let me borrow his copy of the satanic verses, you know, um, <laughs> cool neighbor. which is, you know, interesting what's happened with Salman Rushdie. Um, yes. Oh yeah. Crazy, crazy. Um, you know, and so there's the scene in the book, where you know the ritual the ritual where you know all of all of the all of the boys have sex with um with beverly um and it's just that sort of toss away of, of innocence and it and it even the thought of it as you know sort of uncomfortable as it is um, was never meant to make you feel comfortable with it um but it was something you know for an adolescent to get their hands on to read because it's like you know, a hustler or, or something, you know, 
Um, so I, yeah, I read through that and, um, but I, I was curious and there were some things that didn't make sense. So I kind of started in and, um, you know, with, with, with Ben and Ricky Lee, I, I tried to figure out like who these people were that whole scene in the bar, you know, when Ben's like literally drinking a gallon of whiskey, <laughs> you know, before he gets in his car to drive off because he's going to go main and, you know, fight a monster. Um, I, so I ended up reading the book and I, I connected with that character so much on, on so many levels because just almost everything about me at the time was Ben, what he was going through, you know, and, so yeah, I mean, I read it, um, and as luck would have it, they would, you know, cast a, a TV version of it, and I would be lucky enough to to be in it. Hmm. So to answer your question, yeah, I read it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the, the diatribe, but yeah, I mean, it was just, oh, you know, it's it, it's just it's just funny to me because never would I have thought even reading it um would i get a chance to play that character but all i'd ever done at that up to that point was commercials i had a tv series like five or six years before that um that i ended up getting fired on um and then mostly as as i was getting like pudgy and and like you know a butterball um all I all I was getting were things like you know guest star appearances on various sitcoms, and they're invariably you know a fat joke would be involved, or I'd have to be stupid or a buffoon. It was always comic relief, and um, mm. you know what really gravitated me towards this was it was a shot for me to do something different. Mm. And when you're a fat kid in Hollywood. Um, when those things come, like that's it's your only lifeline. Yeah, you got to take Ooh. it. Otherwise, you, you can bank on doing fat gags for the rest of your career. Hmm. Yeah, and then you know, um, even watching the documentary and you saying like no one else was there to basically be, you know, Ben um, yeah. was very weird um hearing that coming from you and also you know hearing everybody else talk about it, how like nobody was really there um it, it is sad to know that um things like that were happening to you when you were kind of just being stuck on doing that one thing um but yeah the, I, you know, I was crying all the way to the bank my man like <laughs> I was, let's be real i mean it's not like i, I developed you know uh, you know ptsd from it yeah. it's just it's just the it's just the mundanity you know you see these people getting to do cool things that you yeah. will probably never get to do um and i mean the industry was, was different than too i mean you used oh, to for sure to, you used to be able to go in for something your agent would submit you for something get you an appointment time i mean that's how it worked um you know put so-and-so down for 345 because they think it's a good fit you know, and the casting director will be like, oh, yeah, Brandon, that's a good idea. We'll see him for that. Um, and then you do something different and and it's not what they expected. And they put you in a different role. Yeah. I mean, th- those are things that that could happen back then. So sometimes there were some things that I got that I went in for the fat kid and, and they just went a different way. Um, and, it, you know, that's that's nice. 
but that was a luxury and pretty much only after I'd done it. If that makes any sense, you know, like yeah. it, it really helped me sort of land on the other side of it. Awesome. With the ability to not like pick and choose what I want to work on, but certainly I could, I could finally say, yeah, I can do more than, you know, put food in my mouth all day mm. <laughs> or fall down the stairs or, you know, be the, the fifth wheel on a wagon. It was, it was good to be able to do that. But no, I mean, I, I didn't, uh, there's, there's no boohoo or poor me. Like it, it's all good. We're, we came out just fine. Yeah. How did, how did you guys get into acting? Did you come from like uh, acting backgrounds? Any family members involved in that sort of line of work? Or? I don't have any. Well, I take that back. I, it wasn't until in the recent past that I discovered some, some um, family members, sort of like third cousin type that, that had pretty, you know, established uh, known careers. Um, so if you know um, an actor named Eddie Constantine, who, who was, I think, um, more, more well-known in, uh, in, in Europe, in um, Germany and France. But um, he, if you ever saw the movie Alphaville, uh, uh, that is a, an old film noir um, that uh, he played this character um, called Lemmy Caution that, that was like a, a series of, of these uh, films around this character. But... Anyways, I won't go too much into that, but that 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 I found out later. So oh, there wow. wasn't any family background yeah. that inspired me, but you know, I, I don't know. I just I got interested in it, and a teacher got me into theater when I was in sixth grade, um, and I just liked it. I, I she was like, "Hey, you you could play Tiny Tim, can't you? Sure, come on." <laughs> <Yeah. up." laughs> so that's what happened, and um, and I, I enjoyed it. I had a really good time with it, and from there, just you know, going through the rest of you know, middle school, high school, that kind of thing, um, staying with acting classes. Um, and, and, you know, that's where I, you know, really got any foundation that I had. Um, and, uh, when I moved to back to Vancouver, BC, um, where I had, where I was born, but I, but I'd moved to the States. And so I'd gone back, uh, at a certain point in, uh, my, my junior year of high school, that's where all the act, acting opportunities were happening prior to that I was in Portland uh, where you know very very few acting opportunities were were happening there so I started just kind of you know um, got involved with an agency there I started you know taking their classes I, I got a job at the local pizza hut so I could pay for these classes and all the <laughs> pictures you know parentals weren't going for that it wasn't in the budget um, and so, uh, so I did that. And then Brandon, and I was, I was doing extra work on like wise guy, 21 jump street. Oh, you, 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 you were just, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's um, right. Cause I mean, everything at the time, honestly, everything was really, uh, I'm getting a power bank. Everything was really, uh, was being shot there. That was like the beginning yeah. of the, of the Vancouver. Hollywood North. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And then all of a sudden, um, this audition for it came around and that was the first uh like real audition that I, that I had ever had so um uh and it just kind of went from there so it, it uh yeah. Brandon yeah. I think has a much more robust interesting background when it comes to <laughs> be honest with you and I like hearing about it. I love hearing it. yeah let's, let's hear it <laughs> okay so my my grandfather was in Gone with the Wind 
Right? Wow. Yeah, that's that's not golden golden age of Hollywood. Um, you know, and that wow. sort of and it, it, I mean it's he left uh New Orleans at 18 or 19 to try and um to try and and you know try his hand at acting and um his cousin was a famous actress from the silent era, Leatrice Joy. And her daughter was auditioning for one of the sisters in Gone with the Wind. And so she, <laughs> he came along with her to Selznick Studios. And of course, he's from Louisiana, had a drawl, uh, and they cast him on the spot. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my grandfather was in L.A., you know, with $10 and a, and a train ticket. And he ends up, you know, hitting Going the lottery. Away. Wow, that's crazy. You know, yeah. So, I mean, he did that. And he he worked on um, a bunch of different, you know, did Westerns back in the day, you know, character actor type thing. Um, and then he, he ended up in radio. And so in, in L.A., there was a classical radio station that he worked at for, I think, 45 years. Oh, wow. As a, as a DJ. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he was the AM classical guy, and he would do the opera programs on Sundays. I mean, so... Yeah, I mean, he was very well connected. And that's that's how I got started. Um, I was four. And I was at a party that he was that he had at his house. And um, if I'm not if I'm if I'm if I remember this correctly, there's a woman named Tony. And Tony um, was with George Reeves. Back in the day. Oh, wow. Um, and so she Tony, Tony Mannix. And I think she's the person that got me my agent <laughs> <laughs> At four. And, uh, and, and a job like oh, yeah. I think it was a Skippy peanut butter commercial two weeks later. And then that, that director in that ad agency, I, I worked for them almost exclusively for months. Like I was like, is it really this easy? <laughs> um, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's not, it's not easy, but it, um, I mean, I lived clear down in San Diego then. So it was pick up after school. You could get to LA in two hours then. Um, certainly cannot do that now. Um, and so, you know, as, as, the, as I got more and more work, you know, we I would move closer, but yeah. So my grandfather's wife, my grandmother, um, her dad was a Keystone cop. Like he was um, a, a vaudeville, you know, stage actor, variety actor, ended up, um, he was a makeup artist. So he was the head of makeup for RKO oh. um, in the forties. Like, you know, so there's, there's a connection that goes back, you know, from different family lines and it's, it's all good. Um, but I, I think the buck's going to stop with me, man. I think that's it. I think, I think the crane, family dynasty is uh is over because ah. my girls are way into music and it's different anyway so yeah there's a little connection yeah. hey we all love music so i mean there's different avenues so you know it will still continue Absolutely. just being a different outlet <laughs> that's right no that's true that's true um but no it's 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 interesting i mean you when i first started it it, it seemed like it was a family affair like for a little while, I felt like it was an obligation, right? 
that I, that this is the path that I need to go on. Um, and then my mom was like, no, <laughs> Why you, just, you do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Do you want to do this? Do you not want to do this? Um, you know, and, and she let me know that it, it, it was something that I didn't have to do. It was something that I only, I wanted to do. And when it was convenient for her. Yeah. Cause she had her life to live too. Right. She didn't, yeah lived through me. She never walked into the audition rooms with me. She wouldn't have any part of that shit because stage moms are the worst. And, um, you know, she was, was like, you know where you're going? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay. Yeah. I'll come up if I don't see you in a little while. So, okay, fine. Great. That way it was my thing. And, you know, the moms never bothered me. They never shit talked each other. You know, you know what I mean? Like there was none of that. Mm. I didn't see you with the callbacks yesterday. For blah blah blah. There's none of that <laughs> because I'm just there to put my head down and and do my thing. And uh, and I that was that was one thing that my my grandfather imparted on me too was that he's like it's a, it's a job. Yeah. You know, he was never famous for for acting. I mean, he's, he got his fame from radio, but um, you know, he he was one of the first to let me know that this is a job. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, the, there's that thing, I think Jim Green talks about how um, he had to have a, a come to Jesus meeting with all of us. Uh, <laughs> and he talks about the documentary. He's yeah. like, you guys, you guys, you want to work again? Yeah. You need your job. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So this is, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to let my grandfather down. Yeah. Similar kind of thing. My my grandfather was in, in um a lot. He was he was never a famous actor, but he was Marcel Marceau's standing. Oh. Um the famous mime artist and mm-hmm. and Kenneth Moore. Do you remember Kenneth Moore? He was Kenneth Moore's standing. Um and he and he actually he did a lot of extras work. He actually got killed three times in the Spy Who Loved Me, James Bond film. <laughs> he played oh, like three wow. different soldiers. Dude, I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. We actually was sat there watched it once and you could he, we sort of stopped it. He was like, right, there I am. That's me getting shot there. And then a bit later on, he's like, yeah, there's me there. And then my, my dad's <laughs> actually my dad's actually in it at the end as well when Q looks over and he's like, What are you doing, Bond? And he's in this kind of little thing with a woman. And then there's these Marines are kind of looking over and one of them is my dad. Wow. <laughs> and they're looking oh. at James Bond with this woman. Um, but yeah, he was in a film with Frank Sinatra. Um, he did the, uh, the Naked Runner, I think it was called. He was in The Magic Christian with Ringo Starr. He did quite a lot of stuff, but he never actually kind of... Be... He went out to San Francisco, I think, and then he went to New York and he kind of had some friends who were involved in, in the acting game. But my nan, back over in England, um, I think she was pregnant at the time, my mum... Um, so he never really kind of pursued pursued it, but he could have done could have gone on to do really well. But yeah, he he had some interesting stories. Those to, to me, those are the best stories. You know, yeah, they're 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 remarkable because it's trivia. You know, it's mm. it's 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 so unexpected. You know, especially yeah. when you're talking to like new friends and stuff. You're like, yeah, you know, my dad is in James yeah. Bond movie. I mean, that would be for me. That would be like. <laughs> he's telling us all the stories about roger moore on set and how he'd, he'd just be buying everyone drinks on set you know just buying every getting everyone pissed on set and i thought that was, that was funny um but yeah billion dollar brain with michael kane he was in um loads of stuff loads of stuff like loads of stuff now when i tell people they're like really wow 
And the, the whole Frank Sinatra thing, I think they, he got paid extra because they kind of put the camera underneath his. He, he had a, I think he had a, a, a very small speaking role, but they basically put this camera underneath his legs and he had to kind of handle these do- documents like to Frank Sinatra as he gets off a war plane or something like that. It's like, wow, man, <laughs> that's pretty nice. cool. But yeah, I, I, I never really followed like an acting path. I was more of a musical path, but um, I was always really interested by them. His stories was pretty cool. Yeah, I kind of come. Anyway, it's not about me. <laughs> with a with a very working class family, nothing big. Um, like what I'm doing right now with the podcast and like talking to people like you know Brandon and, and Ben uh, mm. and anybody else, and and really either the podcast universe or the movie universe. This is like I think the biggest thing anybody in my family has really done. Um, I now starting to get. Um, some small parts in like friends movies and stuff. Um, Dean and I might have something in the works that we don't really want to talk about right now. Also, so like, it's really crazy to know that one small little thing, because um, this all started during the pandemic. This this show and Dean's a new co-host too, and just knowing that within a a year and a couple months of how much can be achieved and mm-hmm. who you can become friends with, like it's it's awesome to know that. I, I am talking to Brandon and Ben from a movie I grew up with and loved and I can consider you friends now. It's so mind blowing. Um and I'm I'm very humble and, and always very shy with a lot of things like this too. Like I'm nervous as hell right now talking to, to both of you. Never mind if it was like all of you right now. I don't even know what I would be doing. Yeah. Um and it's just awesome hearing all these stories and especially with you, Dean. I didn't even know any of that stuff hearing it from you right oh. now is, yeah. is yeah i don't think you ever told me those stories so like that's news oh, to me okay. too <laughs> so this this okay. is just awesome all, all around and uh thank you for you know everybody being a part of this um i'm, I'm just waiting for marlon to show up any minute now i didn't take an over or an under on time i should have <laughs> Um, I have, I think, a couple more questions to ask. Um, they're very, very, very quick. Dean, I don't know if you have anything else, but... Um, uh, no, I'm good, man. I'm, yeah. Okay. Um, I was very curious. Um, ben, we can start with you. Do you have a favorite memory on set or off set? Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a lot of them, really. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, there, there really are so many. Um, gosh, I mean... <laughs> You know, Offset, um, I think there was, uh, so in Vancouver, um, there's a street called Robson Street, uh, which is kind of, a, 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 you know, I don't want to say famous, but, uh, you know, people in the area, they know Robson Street. Um, at the time, you know, there was a lot of kind of like cruising, right, happening on this street, right? And, and so in the evenings, Friday, Saturday, you know, a lot of cars coming down. It was a pretty hopping, you know, uh, place to be kind of for that time. And um, I just remember, you know, we would go out together on Robson, walking around, and it was so, you just never knew what was going to happen. So one time, um, I'm out um, with a really good friend of mine, um, and Seth Green, and this is in the evening, probably on a Friday or Saturday night. Somehow, um, I get our friend, my, my good friend parts ways with us, it's just me and Seth. And my friend runs into Soleil Moonfry on the street, right? And he just has the, 
I guess the, 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 I don't know, the idea to talk with her and say, hey, do you know Seth Green, right? Turns out they were really good friends already. She's like, where is he? So he brings uh, her, my friend brings Soleil over to Seth. And so I got to meet her and become friends with her. Um, wow. And that was just so random um, at, at the time. And she's an amazing person. I mean, I haven't spoken to her in, you know, a couple of decades, but, um, <laughs> but that, that was definitely, uh, you know, one that comes to mind that was just super random, but, um, you know, uh, 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 just a, a, a cherished memory, I would say. Awesome. Very cool. What about you, Brandon? Um, almost getting deported. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh my god that's great do you want to tell us there story? was always there was and, and once again seth is involved right you know there, oh, of there, course there's <laughs> always something kicking off with seth and um <laughs> and since he's not here um you know we can throw him under the bus he's <laughs> um but we always congregated we didn't always but uh if we weren't hitting the streets we were at at his place in his room um his he had a nice view actually a, a a good view of the city i had a view of of the sound right um but he had a view of the city and there was an alley directly beneath his i think we're on like the 10th floor or 11th floor and he had an, an alley separating the hotel from uh, like a business. I think it was a nightclub. And somebody had just parked a BMW convertible. It was white with a tan interior. Oh no, I, I think I know where this is going. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, I think a Kool-Aid filled balloon may have slipped out of one of our hands <laughs> purely on accident and landed inside of this gentleman's um, um, you know convertible Damn. noticeably upset he was not particularly happy um, but we figured the hotel is huge and if he hadn't seen it like which floor it came from yeah what are they going to do? Search the whole hotel? Like it's, we just figured let's go inside and relax. <laughs> they must have brought out a blood splatter expert. Oh uh, my gosh. Um, in some forensics and like a ballistics team. I don't know how they did it. Uh, or maybe they could just count, you know, directly above the, the car. Uh, but the Mounties came and they were pretty upset with us, told us we were foolish um wondered where you know our parents are um you know asked for identification <laughs> etc and oh um, my god said you know most people who are here um don't behave this way yeah. <laughs> you know continue to behave this way and you can go back where you came from that definitely yeah. sounds like something I would have done as a kid. <laughs> Not going to lie. On the TV, like you see old rock stars doing the TV out the window thing. At least it wasn't a TV. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I mean, we weren't like the Who. We weren't. We weren't smashing <laughs> guitars across the uh, uh, the, the mini bar. But um, you know, we 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 learned our lesson, and we only dropped them on uh, hard tops. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. There you go. 
<laughs> oh, Brilliant. man. Um, another question is, um, Brendan, I know that you were a part of this, but I want to know, what are both of your thoughts on the new It movie? I think they were awesome. I really do. Um, there's room for both to exist. Um, I think it's a... I think it was refreshing and and interesting to see it set in a different time than the book or the miniseries. The time was exactly when we shot our version. So the rapport between the kids was incredible. Um, They were the same mom jokes that we were telling each other back then. you know, their interests, their dress, I mean, everything. I mean, we were them in in that era. And um, so that was kind of extra special for me. Um, And I think the kids did an amazing job. Mm. You know, there's only one criticism, and it was just that all of the losers in ours had a very distinct character, right? Very distinct sensibilities, and they were all broadly different um you know whereas the kids i think um in the new movie were more believable because you know they were sort of group think you know sharing a brain uh, i think um i think they were incredibly well done mm-hmm. um it was great to see you in the second part as well man when you yeah the little up. cameo it was awesome oh, yeah. to be there it was so <laughs> fun to be there I didn't realize I was watching it. I was like, wait a minute. Is that Brandon mm-hmm. Quinn? I was like, wow, that's a really good um, little touch there. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I th- and I think they did it, it, you know, very tastefully. I think Andy's very deliberate with the cameos that he does. Mm-hmm. And to be on the cameo list with, with people like Peter Bogdanovich and, and Stephen King himself uh, yeah, yeah. is kind of a freaking honor, you know. But they, did, I, they didn't have to do that. I mean, that's at the end of the day, they didn't have to do that. The fact that and Andy and, and Barbara were mm. so generous, you know, to to let me into their it universe. Um, yeah, I thought it was very cool. Because, yeah. you know, honestly, that's the only thing that ties it together. But, you know, Bart Bart did some applications um, in the beginning, I think, mm. during the, the Kerry Fukunaga era of mm. the remake. Um, but, um, but I mean, that's kind of risky business, you know, especially mm. if they are separate universes. Yeah. And, and I, I was very surprised that they would even entertain that idea. So mm. it just, it just, just worked out. I mean, um, and it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't reached out to Andy, honestly, I don't, I don't think um, mm. when the trailer dropped, I just, I sent him a message on Facebook and was like, okay, <laughs> for what it's worth, this trailer looks amazing. And it looks like it's going to be everything that I would have loved ours to, you know, have evolved to had it been a feature and, you know, had I had a time machine, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we got to talking and we kind of established a, a, a nice two-way chat um, through that whole process. And then um, after I saw it that night, it opened, I sent him a message on Facebook again and said, dude, that was everything I expected and, and more. i so I had such a great time, such a great movie. Um, and then um, it was like, ha thanks. Um, you should do a cameo. 
in <laughs> the next year. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's, is this, does that happen? <laughs> and then I came to realize, wait, you know, this isn't a verified account. And I thought for the last six months that I had just been trolled, right? That would have been really funny. Right. But yeah. sad at the same time. Totally. <laughs> yeah. M- yeah. Probably more than sad, my man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, so I flipped over to Instagram where he was verified and I said, okay, look, uh, this. <laughs> Am I getting old over here on Facebook? Cause I didn't know the universe worked this way. I didn't know that I, you know, these kinds of offers would happen on social media and uh and he laughed right and then crickets <laughs> yeah i sent him a screen cap of the conversation and i was like oh that's amazing uh and then he chimed back and he said i'm the troll and he's just, <laughs> are you are you are you up for it i was like yeah absolutely absolutely oh, man. and then so i watched him all along <laughs> and that was but yeah. that was but that was what september uh of 2017 and we shot it in October of 2018 so Mm. we we kept that a secret for another year I mean this was you know it was like you had to be quiet I I had to sign an NDA with New Line Mm. saying I wouldn't even mention that this was a thing Um, when I went to Monster Palooza that year Andy was like Oh man, yeah, I imagine you're like, I want to say it so badly right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. They're so proud and so happy. And um, and then I just, I just remember, you know, being told, no, you, you please don't spoil the surprise. Hmm. Um, you know, and then I, I have to think back of like every time someone asked me, are you guys coming back for the second one or are there going to be any cameos? And I had to straight up lie to their yeah. face. Like the, I got one text from somebody jokingly that I know and it was um, it was some uh, I can to remember who it was but they were like you little shit you, know? <laughs> you didn't say that in fact Jeremy Ray Taylor's mom didn't know um, until they were well into shooting chapter two um, and um, and so she sent me a text saying you're 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 a fantastic liar and i was like it's not like that and i said how did you know she said well i saw your picture in the in the in the costume shop on the oh. wall they, you know they so they have a reference to see yeah. and, uh, anyway it was cool but it wouldn't have happened if i hadn't reached out to andy on facebook i don't think for a it was great great to see you in there man really was what about you, Ben? What are your what are your thoughts on uh, on the the new It movies? Yeah, I mean, I really liked them both um, a lot. Uh, definitely uh, proud to watch Brandon do his thing in part two. It was so awesome to see that. You know, it was really cool. Like I was just smiling ear to ear uh, when he came on screen. Um, I, and and like Brandon was saying, you know, the the updating it to um, sort of a little bit more, you know, current times, so to speak. I mean, not 80s, obviously, not current at the moment um, in terms of, you know, real life, but um, it it set the stage for bringing it into, um, you know, uh, 
uh, modern day. Um, and I really liked, uh, you know, that uh, all of the throwbacks that were happening, you know, to the 80s. And that was just a lot of fun uh, for me um, into that. Um, you know, we really like Stranger Things here in this in this household, for example, too. Um, you know, uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, what they did was just ultra fascinating and engaging and different and um, brought out different um, elements of, of the story. Um, and it was, you know, it was um, it was very impacting a lot of the scenes, you know, because you um, uh, for example, you know, the, the kind of opening scene in, in you know, chapter two, uh, pretty violent and it felt very real, you know. Yeah. Um, so I just like credit um, the filmmakers for being able to, you know, kind of uh, generate that kind of a, you know, a reaction in, in myself. <laughs> um, it, it impacted me. So, um, yeah. yeah, that scene was hard to watch. Mm, yeah, it, for was, sure. it was for sure. Um, but yeah, it's like, wow, incredible just incredible filmmaking yeah yeah i mean the- it never gets any it never gets any easier to watch that scene as well i've revisited the because i've watched the new ones uh, sorry that's how to cut you off i've go. watched it a few, a few oh. times and every time um because um, i think they're great i love I, I love um the remakes as well and yeah that never gets any easier to watch that opening scene of part two man it's yeah it's just the, the one thing that, <laughs> that gets me all the time is um the actual seeing George's arm get ripped off, like actually oh, yeah. seeing it the first time in a theater, I almost threw up. <laughs> and it takes a lot for me to, to get that kind of reaction because I'm so used to seeing, you know, the one that you guys were in, the original one where it, it just cuts away and it's all up to your imagination. But actually seeing him crawl around bleeding, yeah. arm ripped off, I was like, they are actually going there. Savage. Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. I, I was like, I'm in for a ride. <laughs> it's that whole child in danger thing that is um it's it's almost taboo you know to that level i mean yeah. it's not often done and probably for you know a good reason um there was a rumor about the first movie uh where there was a uh, like an infant that supposedly gets eaten and you know all the super fans were like can't wait to see that in chapter two they're gonna put it in chapter two and um i i i wasn't sure it it wouldn't make it in because i mean that opening scene if that if that opening scene in chapter two is any indication of the level of violence that will be in this film yeah um i think all all gloves are off and the same thing with dean you know um um the kid dean um with the skateboard luke rossler mm-hmm. um you know getting getting eaten in the in the carnival right the hall of mirrors or whatever oh yeah is. yeah those things yeah. it's like wow we're just <laughs> we're pushing the limits every turn yeah and that seems intense. And and the little girl underneath the um, what they call them the bleachers. Do you guys call them the bleachers? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The little girl when she gets eaten by we kind of Come yeah, over that here. As well. yeah. Pulling no punches. That film's pulling no punches at all. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is too, like there's so much in the book too um, that there that you can draw from, and that's just why I kind of like both um, adaptations because they all pull from different things. They're not exactly mirroring everything that like it was in the 1991 with you guys like 
it, you were doing things that were in the book, but it was also written in a way to make it easier to be on TV, where this was like a, a full-length um, actual, like, for theaters, not made for TV, that they could go and pull more visceral moments from the book and also kind of reinvent the wheel a little bit like like you guys did also um you you were adding things that weren't really in the book but just to kind of morph them in a way that was easier maybe digest or just put onto um tv and that's why i really like both of them and like um we also you have to to because that taking something like a book is almost impossible i I don't think people who, who, who do that for most films that are you know adapted from novels get enough credit because the way you parse a novel in your head is completely different than um, you know cut to cut in a film. You have you know, and in in the case of of it, it's totally the the novel is not linear at all. Uh-uh. I mean, you're jumping back and forth and time traveling and and um, you know it's not it doesn't lend itself to laying it all out there and, and squeezing it into a film. I mean, you have to get creative. And I think that was the, the struggle that Tommy had with the second half of the novel. I, I don't think it was the absence of Larry Cohen as much as it was. There's just so much going on. Yeah. <laughs> what device can we possibly come up with a that's appropriate and B can give us some finality, you know, the, without having to have a third night. I mean, they talk about how originally they wanted four parts and they wanted it, you know, eight hours. And that's almost what it really would have needed. Yeah. Uh, hey, I want that. Let's do it. <laughs> but, but, and that's, that's when George Romero was on board. And then yeah. once those constraints and, and they, they talked about condensing it even more and making it two nights, he's like, I can't, I can't do it. It's impossible. Yeah. And somehow Tommy made it work. Yeah. He's critical of himself, you know, as a writer. I mean, he's, he, and he calls himself a capable director. And I, I know he must just be, you know, enjoying a bit of self deprecating, you know, humor. The dude was more than capable as a writer and, uh, and a fantastic director. I think he's coming over soon, actually. I think it was they've got the Fuller Love of Horror in Manchester we were talking about earlier on. He's coming up yes. soon. I think he's booked for that one. I think he's coming over. He That's is. awesome. Pretty See sure him. he's on there, yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait to meet him. And uh, I think that's pretty much all I have for, for questions, Dean. I, I think you ran out of yours as well. Yeah, um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was just an absolute blast. And, like, there was just – it's so much to, like, take in. And I, I'm really trying to listen and and – more than like ask questions is the stories that both uh brendan and ben that you, you both have is, is so mind-blowing and, and and awesome to hear um and know that you have just like really embraced everything and going to all these conventions now and knowing that there are so many other generations that are going to be watching this and, and loving it and that you're forever going to be at these conventions and i am going to meet you I'm trying to get to Maine. I I am trying to. I I'm no promises, but um I will get to an event where everybody's there, and um I do want to speak to Emily and all the others at some point. And we can definitely do this again. Um maybe not talk about it, but uh, we can do something else. And this is one thing that I always extend to anybody who comes on the show is um we also do actual movie reviews of of other horror movies. 
So if Brendan, Ben, if any of you ever want to come on again and talk about a film, that's not just uh, it. <laughs> um, you, you're more than welcome. You're both friends of the show now. And Thank this you. is absolutely awesome to have spent time. And for you to give up some time of your day to come and talk to Dean and I and share these amazing stories. Um, this is something I'm going to be forever grateful for forever. And I thank both of you for doing this. Well, Ben, Ben, are you proud of it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm proud of it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everyone who had anything to do with this thing is proud of the end result. Um, so, you know, we're, we're more than happy to like share our experience with this um, because we're so proud of it. It's still our baby. It's 30 years later, but it's still our, it's still, um, it still holds a really um, special place in our, our hearts. For sure. Yeah. And I think, um, well, I mean, the friendships themselves, you know, whatever becomes of, you know, the convention scene, <laughs> the friendships continue to, you know, go on, um, which, which is something I'm really grateful for. Um, because, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed really anything um, that would have come from the film to the degree that we are seeing today, you know, uh, relative to the fanship. Um, the legacy, all of the, um, you know, uh, ancillary kind of like um, films and things that have, that have come out uh, related uh, to it. And so, um, you know, it's really just an honor to be here with you guys. So appreciate, you know, the invitation. Um, and I would definitely love to come back and, and chat with you guys again sometime. Yeah, this, is, this is a blast. Um, Dean, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts before we uh, close this up, <laughs> but you have the floor, I'm my good, friend. Man, I just drank some coffee and it went down the wrong hole. So. <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh, no. <laughs> it's half three in the morning. I can't even drink coffee properly at the minute. Yeah, so I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm choking on on yeah coffee here. No. Um, no, thank you so much. Yeah, thank as Dustin said already. Thanks for giving up your time, and it's been great to chat to you guys. Um, have you got any plans? I guess one question yet. Yeah, when um, uh, Pennywise the Doc does eventually get over here to the uk you guys got any plans to kind of come over and do a bit of promo for it um i'm i'm sure we could be i'm sure we could be talked into it oh yeah yeah a plan for that sounds pretty awesome yeah. <laughs> oh man definitely <laughs> it bears on me man when you when you guys do come <laughs> right on and dean yeah look me up when you get to florida um, yes absolutely because yeah. I, i'm i will i will send you a box uh with 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 all the postage necessary yeah yeah cool man that's awesome. that amazing that'd be amazing and i'll bring i'll bring some stuff over in the case for me and then i'll, I'll send it on out to you and uh, amazing you can give me give me give me your review on the hustle. all right that's a deal that's a <laughs> deal and and ben obviously you as well man if you if you i don't know if you're a hot sauce yeah. guy but oh yeah i'll have to send you some stuff out as well i love the hot sauce yes oh, yeah. <laughs> this was a blast Absolute blast. it was a lot of fun so thank you both again for you know spending some time with us and having all of our lovely listeners and our viewers you know learn a little bit more about the film and also go watch the documentary um because if you haven't yet um do it do it now it's about what almost three hours and it's amazing it has so much more information on it um it's on screenbox we can also rent it i believe on youtube and, and apple and everywhere else you can you can 
just it. about yeah. anywhere you can uh, you can order a, a digital copy or you can rent it. Um, the iTunes one is great. Um, I haven't seen uh, like Amazon or any of the others, but there are some some interesting special features too. Um, yeah, you know, that's what um, John and Gary were saying too, and I think they said there might be even more when physicals are released. So I'm very very excited. There, there will be. I mean, there's, there's, there's for five years, you know, people that backed the project um, from the Indiegogo campaign, um, they will definitely be getting something special. Um, that's what Gary's told me um, that there's going to be even more bonus content. Um, there's going to be a lot having to do with uh, Richard Bellis, you know, who won the Emmy that year yeah. for, uh, for his An amazing soundtrack. Score. So, you know, there's there's something in this doc, I think, which is is great uh, for everyone. There really is. And I mean, there were things that I, I learned. I'm sure Ben can say the same thing. There were things that I had no idea uh, about. Uh, and I was there. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it was educational for me, too. Definitely. Oh, so, yeah. Make sure you go watch that documentary. Um, and this will be coming out. Two days, I believe this episode will be dropping in two days. So um, this is awesome. And uh, we will be chatting again for sure. I'll send you a list um, for anybody who wants it of the movies that we're doing this year. And uh, we will get get both of you guys back on here and chat about some other films because that's what we love doing here. We love talking about things that we love. And being able to talk to people who are part of the thing that we love is even better. (laughs) So uh, thank you guys so much. And we will speak to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Take care, everybody.